Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everybody. It's uh, 7 past 12. Chad Hartman, Dave Harrigan. You just heard Laura with the news. When uh, Laura finishes with the news in our 2 o'clock hour, we're going to have an extensive conversation first with Laura and then with Susie. Susie is on the scene of the funerals taking place. Uh, we, like all the media outlets, are streaming them. They're available so many different places. And Dave and I have been discussing. Dave, you just tell me when you think we should jump in, and we will jump in at any time. This is a delicate and and difficult balance. Um, Adam and David made the 100% right decision when you heard from Sergeant Medlicott, who was shot himself, who didn't mention anything about what happened to him, and also Officer Mueller when he was talking specifically about Officer Ruggy. Um, it's it's just a really sad day. You know, it, it, it just is. And do I know any of the three people who were killed? I don't. So I, I, I can't put into words what it is like for their family members and their friends. I, I just can't. Um, but even even just to listen to this, and I, and I mentioned Adam, where I was, I was on the, the edge of starting to tear up, where the, the line that's just going to stay out to stay with me and it's going to stay with me for a while is when you're talking about what Officer Rugi was doing and the comment was you can't reason with evil. That's one of our biggest issues right now in society. It just is. We have mental health challenges and we have evil. And we can attempt to help people with mental health. We should. We should be vigorous. We should be compassionate. We should be determined. We should be empathetic. We should be forceful when necessary. But Dave, when we're talking about evil, excuse me, there's only so much you can do when it's reasoning when it's trying to understand, trying to lead them in a different direction so you don't kill three individuals, two officers, one paramedic. You try to kill others. This guy murdered people. We've been saying that. Everybody's been saying it. There was a texture earlier to Adam. Why don't you say murder? You kidding me? The show was said it. I've heard Adam say it many times. Uh, others he was pure evil 
And we can have these debates, and they're important debates on what we can try to do to stop the lawlessness, the, the, the just the casual approach people have towards carjacking or bullying or harassing or, uh, you know, violently striking you. And important comments have been made by hosts and by everyday citizens and law enforcement on we should enforce the laws we have now. And do we have the right laws? Do we have the right people prosecuting? But Dave, I want you to chime in. There's only there's only so much you can do when when someone is vile, evil, and he or she has the ability to exact that on another individual or individuals with with re- weaponry or whatever it might be. Uh, the line you mentioned was one of the two from Officer Medlicott that absolutely got to me, and I was tearing up. And it was just a reminder uh, of what we ask police officers, firefighters, paramedics to do, what we demand they do every day as part of their jobs, what they're, what they're openly willing to do to put themselves in situations far more stressful than some of us will ever experience in their lives. And to be Never come wi- close. Yes, and to be willing to do that every day to protect the communities that they serve. And the other line that absolutely cracked me um, was right towards the end of uh, his eulogy, Officer Medlicott's eulogy, uh, when he said the officer's names and said, we were there for seven kids, and there's no greater honor than that. And I'm losing it again right now. Because it was just a reminder of what happened inside that house and how horrible it was and how horrible it continues to be for those kids and for the mom that were in there while this whole thing happened. Uh, Very well stated. And, you know, who knows what these kids have faced before? Who knows what their life has been like for days, weeks, months, who knows how long. The ages were 2 to 15. We know a little bit about the moms who've spoken out about this individual who would commit the murders, who would then take his own life. We have a, we have a major suicide problem in our country. I'm never going to encourage anybody to kill themselves, never. But if if this was going to happen and these officers died, you know, I I get people going down that line. And I I don't want this to be the day because in, in in the days immediate after the murder of these three, there was a lot of insightful comments. There were a lot of comments that were unexpected. There were comments that surprised me, That comments that were just deep and insightful and profound. And then there's others that I, I, I got to be, be honest, just bothered me 
Well, you all vilified the police. Give me a break on that one. Get out of here. You're just lying. You're just absolutely lying. Every single profession, every single family, every single office has the potential of of folks who are amazing at what they do, kind, considerate, others who are just okay, and others who just really aren't up for the job. And anytime there's been valid criticism available, we'll discuss that. Anytime there's a point to praise, we'll discuss that. So to say because we've talked about individual situations or reports to suggest that this show in particular vilifies all police, get the hell out of here with that. It's insulting. Do I think Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd? I do. The courts agree with me. Do I I think the re, the reports of what has happened with some of the officers in Minneapolis over the years uh, is legally concerning? Yes. Does that does that diminish in any way what my friend Tony Adams did for 30 years with the police force? Absolutely not. Or his brother Charlie Adams or Millions of other officers who put themselves in positions every day when they don't know what's going to happen. I screw up here, get a name wrong, go to a break later, uh, don't follow up on a question when I should have. I mean, in the end, it could potentially cause me opportunities in my job. Think about the the parallel to a police officer who makes that mistake and citizens die. They die. They're injured. The implications for the quality police officers, and we're just seeing it here. I'd, I'd love to hear from you, and also on this one, because this is a very sad day. And, again, if it's appropriate, Dave will just tell me, and we'll go right to the funeral, okay? I'm leaving it up to Dave because he's able to monitor this easier than I while, you know, I'm, I'm talking on the air right now and trying to, trying to react to this. What other sad days stand out to you? In our state, days you remember, and it was... It was hard. It was incredibly hard to deal with. Just a sad, sad day like today is. And again, I'm just somebody who's talking about it. I, I, I'm in no way coming close to comparing how sad it is for me or any of us compared to family and friends of these three whose lives ended decades and decades and decades too soon and lost out on love and joy and happiness and challenges. But two of them 27, one of them 40. That's incredibly young. Other sad days which stand out, and what do you want to say? If you want to call, you certainly can call. 
You want to text? You certainly can. We would greatly appreciate that. 651-461-9226. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 23 past the hour, 12. We certainly will get to other topics, lighter topics, different serious topics, but we're talking about Honoring our fallen heroes today, the two officers, the paramedic, uh, those who have left us, and uh, some of the powerful words which have stood out already with the funerals and our comments on it and our comments on some of our saddest days we've had in our state. A lot of people offering up. Prince's death, morning after the uh, riots, the 35W Bridge, the third precinct burning down. One of the first things that came to mind um, for me, Dave, and again, you don't have to agree with him politically, was Paul Wallstone's plane crash with his wife, Sheila. And the others um, who were with him. What, uh, I mean, those are, in, like someone is mentioning having his wife die in his arms twice in three days, you know? You know, if, if we just open up to, to personal stories, and I understand that, and it's, you know, it's a fair topic that opens up a different avenue. I don't, I don't think we're just going to go there today. It's more about when you think about something that happened in the state where it had that emotional reaction for you. I would say like the precinct day for me angered me. That was, I mean, we had had Jeremiah Ellison on the show earlier that day. And it was Ellison and others who had the meetings with the mayor. And again, it was fine. Final, final call with Jacob Fries. He's the mayor, right? But convincing him that if we take more officers away from the precinct, the folks who are intent on harm, not those folks who are protesting, very, very different. Don't ever forget that. But that if more officers go away, they won't be drawn to them. Turned out to be an incredibly bad decision. Terrible decision. And, again, that was, that was during the week where day after day and... Um, Go back to my Twitter, if you don't believe me. It was, where are you, Jacob? Where are you, 
Tim Walls. They just weren't. <laughs> the actions mattered the most, but the visibility was like, where are, where were you? So, precinct angers me. the 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 riots and the destruction. I see how it's both, Dave, right? It's anger and it's sadness. It was sad for folks whose property was destroyed for no reasons. Outside of they were in the, they had a business in the area. They had nothing to do with Derek Chauvin. And to me, it's indefensible actions. But it was also anger. What um, what else comes to mind for you, sir? And we'll get to a we'll get to Tim was called in. Yeah, in a you, second here. You named a lot of the big ones. Um, I just think of you know some of the more high profile and surprising passings. You know, and a lot of them come from the world of sports. I, I can think Kirby. I can think Corey Stringer. Um, you yep. know, those just those moments where you woke up and what happened, and you know. I think of other, you know, when I was, I, I wish I remembered the names of the officers now, but I was very, I was pretty young, and I remember a couple, I think it was St. Paul officers that died in the line of duty. Yeah, and for sure. And I was, you know, too young to really feel the, you know, the full emotions of it. You know, you don't really understand death and the whole, you know, I was probably not even 10 years old. But just knowing at that point, that was a huge deal, and realizing that this was, you know, like today being carried on all the TV stations and that, you know, it was, it, it was a, it was a big moment in Minnesota and kind of just feeling, sensing the gravity as a kid, but not truly uh, having it grip you, I guess is, is kind of how I felt that day. And, you know, it's obviously very similar now where the, the state has stopped. Yep. Yeah. There, there are so many moments that we go through in other officers have been shot and killed. And in those moments, they were every bit as sad as today. Because, again, I don't care how old they were, they had had so much left to live. I'm going to read a text where I I, I disagree, but I want to give this person the opportunity to have his, uh, his words heard or her words heard. Chad is correct, but WCCO does dwell on poor policing much more than the praise is good policing. I've listened to your station 7.30 to 5 for a decade. And you play, let's see, it's, and it's a fact. You rarely give police the benefit of the doubt, all based on the Chauvin murder and cover-up. That was a single case, yet your hosts have played Monday morning quarterback in dozens of other cases, and you always bring up the Chauvin example over and over. Your balance has been far from fair. Hopefully it will be better moving forward. I, I disagree with you. I disagree. I don't look at every officer and think, well, he's in the same profession as Derek Chauvin. We praise quality policing all of the time. We have officers come on the show frequently. There are so many officers who are my friends. 
Do you think they think I never give police officers the benefit of the doubt? Do you think Tony Adams would be my good friend? Do you think Blair Anderson would be my good friend? I could give you dozens of others who I've known over the years. I don't know as well as, let's say, Tony and Blair. If, if you believe that Derek Chauvin didn't get a fair trial, whether it was because of what Liz Collins has offered up at the fall of Minneapolis or other reports, we just don't agree. But because we don't agree on that to suggest that this show doesn't give police officers the benefit of the doubt, I couldn't disagree anymore. I couldn't. Jacob Wetterling, absolutely. Jacob Wetterling regarding sad moments in our state, that for sure, is right near the top of the list. Tim has called in. Tim, thanks for uh, listening. You're on CCO. Hi, Chad. Um, My memory is uh, in the fall of 2002 being at the Minnesota Rural Educators Association meeting in Alec and coming out of the meeting and setting the setting the scene a little bit that's back in the early days of cell phones they weren't smartphones so you weren't getting like news feed when you were in a meeting or whatever and walking out into the parking lot and people were hunched over their steering wheels sobbing and people were hugging in the parking lot and the colleague i rode with were like looking around going what have we missed? What have, what's going on? And we got in the car and turned on the car to head back to Brainerd. And the news was all over CCO that Paul Wellstone family members, staff had perished in a, a plane crash. And just the raw emotion of a whole conference coming out and learning that a public servant who had done so much for kids, particularly kids with disabilities and mental illness, had just perished. Um, That's the closest I can come to the feeling I felt the other day when I heard about uh, three first responders. Um, Just utter shock and disbelief because you know it can happen, but you don't believe it when you're seeing it and hearing it. Well stated, Tim. Absolutely. Paul Wellstone. And what happened, sadly, Dave, it was lost a little bit by what happened at the memorial service at Williams when it just became a a, a rally to make fun of Republicans. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it moved the wrong direction that night, clearly, when it should have been just honor, man. And to welcome all sides as opposed to we're right and you're wrong. Let's do this, Dave. We're, we're going to talk Pella. I'd rather talk Pella after next sec, after what we're offering up the arena, just because this has been such a serious topic. So we can be a little more informative <clears throat> and lighthearted and also remind you what a great product Pella is. So we'll do that after our first segment with Rena, who's up next. Rena is here, like all the guests, she's here on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Hello. How are you? Hello. Today? I am superb. How are you? Good. I'm good. Um, obviously saddened when we're paying attention to what is taking place with the funerals. And uh, 
the effect that's having on the state, but we we discussed it. We will certainly get back to it, and we want to have some uh, fun with you. I, I want Dave to chime in and offer up a, a parenting story, just a small example of what it's like to be a parent of uh, young children. Dave, uh, jump in. What happened yesterday? Um, well, my youngest three-year-old, she's uh, known a little bit for having a sore tummy. She complains that her, her stomach is sore. It hurts quite a bit. And we usually chalk it up to just needing to get a number two, being a little uh, backed up in there. And that was the case yesterday morning. And daddy, I have a sore tummy, but she seemed okay. She ate a little breakfast. Uh, okay. Might just be a little backed up. And why don't you go sit on the potty? So she did that and says, no, I can't go daddy. And she stands up and this is just as I'm getting ready for work. I have everything ready. My bags packed, my clothes are on, ready to walk out the door. My in-laws are there to take her, take care of her for the day. And she pukes on me. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Uh, It's happened to me many times. Mm -hmm. All down my arm, down her legs. She's crying. She's spitting. There's a. It was a beautiful color of purple on the bathroom floor oh. uh, from the the blueberries she had that morning for breakfast. It was just a lovely color. Um, I'm not sure it's ever coming out of the shirt I was wearing, but that's fine. That's fine. Okay. That's what okay? happened to you, Rena. <laughs> I just want to know if the kid's okay first. Uh, yeah, she's doing okay. She spent most of yesterday. It sounds like just kind of lays it around and had a much uh, larger throwing up incident all over the couch and the pillows and we're going to be oh looking for a new couch this weekend um oh, but uh she did <laughs> she did get up this morning and everything was fine and she's running around and yakking and so you know it's one of those things where who knows what it was but it was there and gone in a heartbeat is it possible yeah. she was just mad at you strong Ooh, possibility strong possibility yes yeah. Stuck her tiny little finger down her throat before she before you picked her up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My aunt Rena called me, said this is a new trick to try. Boom. Right there. Uh Rena, last time someone threw up on you was? Um, my daughter when she was a baby. She hasn't yeah. done it as an older child. Um I will say though, she someone threw up on her at school. And ooh-wee, it created a downward spiral that uh, that lasted a little more than a year, probably. Wait, what happened? Some kid threw up at her table. There were four of them sitting there, and he was right across from her, and he threw up everywhere. And she, some of it got on her and in her hair and on her uh, clothes, and uh, it was traumatizing for her. And then he also was six but sick. So he got her sick. So two days later, she threw up at school, managed to make it to a trash can, but um, created a eating disorder and an anxiety disorder where she was just, she, for like a year, went everywhere with a bath towel, not even like a hand towel, like a bath towel wrapped around her neck, like grocery store, every car that like mom's car, dad's car, grandma's car had to have a bath towel in it. Um, Yeah, it was a like, we had to go to therapy. It's like a thing. She's still in food therapy because <laughs> apparently being thrown up on is fairly traumatizing, uh, maybe if it's not your own child. Dave, can I get you to – how about just half the time? Six months, 
a full bath towel around your neck? No, I'm I'm not there yet, but that's I did not see that's that part sad. of the story coming. Wow, that's awful. No. I, have you met anybody who like I said this to a friend like, oh my gosh, I don't know this. You know, she got thrown up on, but she goes, I remember in fourth grade, Jimmy Johnson threw up on me on the bus, and, and it's like you totally remember. She totally remembered when it had happened to her as well. So I deduce that being thrown up on by another human that is not related to you causes trauma. I uh, had to avoid a friend of mine throwing up at me when I was a kid at the fair. Maybe, Dave, that's why I don't like the fair so much. (laughs) Um, It was, you know, one of those wheel rides where you're just kind of spinning around. And, man, how old were we? We were elementary school or something, you know? So at one moment, Rena, I'm on the bottom, then I'm on top, I'm on the side. And a friend of mine starts telling me I'm getting sick. I'm getting sick. And he starts throwing up. And I, oh no, you know, you're locked in, so you don't have a lot of movement. But I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm like a boxer bobbing my head a little bit. Um, that wasn't pleasant. Um, yeah, I can't Quentin, imagine. No, Quentin's had all sorts of intestinal issues tied to his genetic syndrome and in uh, you know, go for him without being too graphic going to the bathroom is a challenge and so this has to be i mean i was holding him so he's maybe five six and they gave him meds and they said we're going to try to clean him out so he's not so backed up and this will be better and they said this is going to take hours for it to kick in and i remember i'm holding him and i just looked at kathleen and said well Hasn't taken hours because <laughs> all over me, all over me. I think this is a segment really that's advertising. You don't have to have kids. I, Dave, I think that's the name of this segment. If you have kids, just have a poncho with you at all times because you never you know what's going. Yes. Or, or bath towel. You get at the state fair. <laughs> yes, yes, bath towel or poncho. All right, I want I want you to come back, Rita, and I want to talk about uh, the feature you've offered on Care 11 about going through the ice. So Rena's back oh, with yeah. us in moments. Your uh, Linda's construction time check is 1253. It's time to beat the spring rains by getting 50% off installation labor on LeafGuard brand gutters. Have them on my house from Andy Lindis and Lindis Construction. Okay, Rena's back with us. Rena Sargentopoulos, CARE 11. She's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Tell folks what you wanted to provide uh, with your, uh, your feature on what happens if you go through the ice. Well, this was a story we didn't think was going to happen this year just because we've had such a weird winter and there's hardly been any snow. There's been some ice because we did get cold enough um, for periods of time, but uh, a couple of years ago, we teamed up with the DNR and we put someone through the ice to show you how to get out. And the DNR actually approached us this time and said, hey, how about if we sink a car and show people how to get out um, from their car should it go through the ice? Which, you know, Florida sounds like the weirdest thing you've ever heard of before. But like here in Minnesota, that's the thing, right? We drive our cars on the ice in the state for a variety of reasons. Some people use it as shortcuts to 
um, the other side during the winter, or we just do a heck of a lot of ice fishing around here. So um, we teamed up with them and we put a car through the ice and then gave people the steps they need to, to survive. So that was kind of the whole scenario. What, what surprised you about it? Um, what surprised me about it? The fact that a couple of things, actually, um, I wouldn't have thought this, but, uh, that you have to, you should, I should say, roll your windows down before you go out there. You know, it's cold. You're driving on ice. It's probably not something that you would think of. And maybe ice anglers do already do this. I know we had someone in the newsroom who said when he was a kid and you would go out with his dad, they would drive with the doors open. (laughs) So this is probably something that people who ice fish all the time would already do. But the other thing that I thought was interesting was, um, electric vehicles weigh so much more than their gas powered counterparts that they actually sink faster. So let's just say you have a pickup truck, um, heavy car, you need extra ice to go out there anyway, but an electric pickup truck actually weighs like 2,900 pounds more just because the battery pack is that heavy. So, um, that was one of the things that surprised me. You know, I thought maybe there would be something different with newer cars than with older cars, but there really isn't other than, you know, when we were kids, we used to hand crank the window down, which is something that you could still do um, if your car went under and the windows were down. But nowadays, um, everything's electric. So you have a certain yeah. amount of time until the water kills the, the, you know, that electricity, if you will, so that you can, the electronics, I should say. Uh, and then you wouldn't be able to get your car window down. So that would be really the only difference. I thought there would be more than that, but there really wasn't. I can't imagine the sheer panic. Can you? Um, well, I will be honest. I would never drive on ice. It's just I've been on, in a pickup truck once on ice, and I panicked and made them stop and let me out. So I don't. <laughs> so no, really? I cannot imagine the sheer panic. But I will say this: what um, the one thing that you could relate it to is, you know, oftentimes there's a crash where someone goes off this side of a road and ends up in one of the retention ponds or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there are other situations where your car could end up in water, um, and I think that some of these steps were also incredibly useful as well. That's kind of more of an emergency. This is more something that you would plan for, but, um, yep. you know, just not panicking, knowing which way is up, like remembering if your car flips over when you go down, it's going to feel opposite. Going towards the roof is going to be down instead of up when you're down there. Looking at the bubbles, like which way are the bubbles going? Are they, you know, follow the bubbles. So if the bubbles are going, you know, above your head, then you know that that way is up. Um, So some of those things were really interesting to find out. And I do, because I've had several comments on this, I do want to point out the car was drained of all fluids. The battery was taken out. The DNR wouldn't do anything to contaminate our lakes. And we had a crew on site to pull the car out immediately after the filming was done. I have to jump in. We're late. Loved it as always. Uh, Enjoy your day. We'll talk next week. Okay, bye-bye. Rena here on CCO. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 